Hey everyone, Bob WP here. Episode 94, do the podcast. I'm, I'm doing my FM DJ voice. This is the kind of voice you hear late at night where I'm going to introduce my guest co-host. Well, actually my co-host is who is a musician who will be playing a few more tracks from his most recent album. Ooh. Jonathan Wold. Jonathan, how are you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well. First show of the year for me. Awesome. Happy 2021. And we're getting kind of close to the the 100th episode. Got anything yeah. exciting planned for that? Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about it. Brad said we had to celebrate last time. And so I think all of his co-hosts are going to get together and we're going to surprise everyone with something. Oh man, maybe yeah. one of those album drops you've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know where. Yeah, it could be the the new. Um, we could come up with a whole new intro song for "Do the Boo," <laughs> and you'll hear it live for the first time, or maybe not. Anyway, before I introduce our wonderful guest, let me just give a shout out to our sponsors, PayPal. Uh, I talk a lot about their pay later options, but the PayPal checkout plugin, I do want to let you know that also has a um, modular aspect to it, which means if you put it on your client's website, customers won't be leaving their website when they use PayPal. So if that is a concern with your clients, you may really want to check out that extension primarily for that reason. WooCommerce 5.0 RC was released on Tuesday. So that is what you have on your desk is to test, test, test. And need I say more? So so do that. It's on track for February 9th. And yeah, we're looking for 5.0. I like that. It's a very nice, that middle, it's, it's a version that just sounds really cool. You know, 5.0. I don't know why. Yeah. Like 5.0. Maybe we're still surviving WordPress 5.0 is the reason, but <laughs> who knows? Anyway, let's get on with our guests. Today we have Noelle Stiegs. Uh, Noelle is, she really knows how to do the woo. In fact, she does a woo with Jonathan sometimes. I can say that. That sounds kind of, you know, don't get weird ideas there. But that is really true, though. She does the woo with Jonathan. Noelle, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. That did make me crack up, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always there to add a little something to the episode. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, Noel, how do you do the woo? I mean, we, you know, I, I imagine you do it in many different ways, but how do you do the woo? Yeah, I do the woo in quite a few different ways. Um, I think my favorite way is um, adding new WooCommerce functionality to existing e-commerce sites, you know, upping the complexity, um, making sure that the user experience gets improved or that my client has less admin to do, for example, making suggestions for that. I do um, for um, e-commerce and non-e-commerce web development projects as well. And um, I like to sometimes um, other web developers approach me that are not that experienced with uh, with WooCommerce yet, and I and I guide them on their journey, which is something I really enjoy. And then, of course, I do the Woo with Jonathan at uh, WooCommerce Live every Wednesday, which is now the third season. Woo! Awesome! Wow, that's a that is a lot of Woo. So <laughs> you. Um... 
you talked about your customer's journey. How about your journey? Sure. How did you kind of get into the WordPress space and essentially into um, WooCommerce? So I got into WordPress WooCommerce space both at the same time about eight years ago when um, I, this was just before I immigrated from the Netherlands to South Africa, where I'm based now, actually. And um, I had an idea for an online store that basically popped out of nowhere and I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I had no resources whatsoever, no budget to outsource anything, no knew nobody, no nothing. And I couldn't let it go. Um, but what I did have on my hands was time. I had a two meg internet connection in the small town of Caledon, South Africa, and uh, like this tiny, uh, tiny farmer's town. And uh, I had a lot of patience. And so I self-taught myself everything. I Googled all the things. And uh, back then, mind you, the documentation definitely wasn't as good as it is now. <laughs> Life now would be a lot easier in that regard. But okay, I was lucky enough to find Facebook communities early in my journey, which made all the difference. You know, people who were willing to give away their time for free to help the newbie out. Um, you know, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would be. Like, that's just made all the difference. And um, any case, so, um, you know, I did it, I researched, I, uh, my, and it was my first job, it was a drop shipping model, and I decided I needed table rate shipping. Now, for those who, have, who know table rate shipping, that's basically, I would say, the most complex shipping setup one can get. Yep. So that was, um, you know, quite a jump in the deep in, the, uh, in that way. But uh, it all worked out in the end after a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Um, and so I built this store. I built the Facebook community around that. And I did social media marketing for that. And I did get orders in. And so, and, um, and, um, Via via connections, um, an Onova agency spotted that sort of work I'd done and invited me to become their web designer and social media manager at her agency. So I did that for about a year. It was an interesting experience where I learned a lot. I saw a lot from a different perspective, but in the end, um, it wasn't really it wasn't really for me because their style of working was very different from my style of working. Um, I tend to really dive into details and that's not um, depending on things like budget and things like that or turnaround time. That's not always that's not always the right the right thing for that client or agency or so. Noel, one thing I'm curious about. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you built the story, like you learned the skills to do something yourself. At that point, did you have the idea that you might want to do this for others? Was that sort of in the back of your mind? Never. Okay. So I'm curious about that moment of transition where like you'd built the store and then someone recognized what you'd done and they asked you if you would like come work with them in the agency, right? That was sort of, it sounds like that was the, the starting point. What was going through your head at the time? I was, I think I was mostly excited. Um, I didn't feel confident enough to, you know, slowly but surely like start this out, you know, and, and we started, we, we built it up along the way. So it wasn't now that you know, now I've had to develop websites full time or anything like that. It was like it was a slow start and a, and a, and a build up. 
one of the reasons I'm curious about this is it's interesting. Like I think some people in the builder space will just like start out that way. And they're like, I want to do development work for others and I'm going to learn the skills. I think uh, your story, I think there's a fair amount of folks who start out that also start out the other way of just building something for themselves, following their curiosity, learning. And then at some point that's, that was certainly kind of what happened for me at some point. Someone's like, Hey, could you do this for me? So back to your story. Mm -hmm. So you got asked by uh, someone with an agency, you did that for a while and then found out that the the approach and style wasn't quite for you. And then uh, where did you go from there? Yes. I uh, did something what I wouldn't quite recommend to others, and that is I went freelance without savings, without preparation, without anything, <laughs> really. Um, I, you know, I went in head first and um, lived in another tiny farmer's village at the time. And I, back then, I also did, like, I did all sorts of marketing as well, you know, basically trying to get any work that I could get. Um, and I started by approaching people locally, you know, literally going to the brick and mortar stores and talking to the owners and, um, you know, building my very first tiny little, tiny little website for, for client freelance. Um, yeah, that was quite a journey. I would say, um, you know, from the, the next few years were hard. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Um, I worked my butt off um I got actually so excited about it all and about you know trying to make money because obviously when I started out my rates were really rock bottom and um so I got to a point where I basically woke up started work and I would stop work when I couldn't anymore you know so um that that wasn't that wasn't very good so there was a lesson in that for me in in finding that finding that balance and um over time, um, also also partially because of, or maybe mostly because of the Facebook communities, um, one thing that, that changed quite a bit for me was um, when the David theme was released by Elegant Themes. Yep. So, and the theme I was using for my own store at the time was incredibly heavy and bloated and everything. So I jumped on that Divi bandwagon right with first version and joined that community and in that community were were very lovely people that that helped me on that on that development journey and you know amongst them um were people that ended up hiring me um Hmm. so that's that's how i got more work and you know and built it up um bit by bit so nowadays um it's really a it's really a, a healthy mix of things so um, I would say most of my work is um, white label work that I do for agencies um, or for other, you know, freelance uh, web designers, web developers. Um, but I also work with with clients directly. And again, you know, I really enjoy coaching um, coaching some web designers or web development web developers here and there on uh, on WooCommerce. Um, yeah, it's something I really enjoy. I, I try to do like um, I do screen shares. And I kind of I guide them through the steps. So I find that sometimes people are not looking to just outsource. They're looking to now learn themselves how to do it next time. This episode is brought to you by WooCommerce. You may just be starting your journey as a Woo builder or will into that journey. Or perhaps you have WooCommerce talents that you want to bring to a team as you look to make a switch in your career. 
WooCommerce has several roles open that will likely fit your own goals of growth. You'll be joining the larger Automatic team, a diverse and distributed group of individuals with a passion for WordPress and yes, in many cases, WooCommerce. If you are looking to make that career pivot and love working from home, check out all their positions over on our job listings at dothewoo.io. Trust me, I know the company. I know a lot of the people there. It's a smart move. Thanks to WooCommerce.com and their support as a community sponsor. Now let's head back to the show. So I'm, I'm curious when you mentioned the the uh, that you made that transition to freelancer, you said that you didn't recommend it. Uh, well, and, and I think there were a few specific things about it. You, do, you don't recommend doing it without savings or without a bit of a plan because it, it was hard. Yes. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. I, I certainly experienced years of that myself. I, If you were to go back and sort of give advice to your younger self with what you know now, because I think you can look at it a few ways, right? Like you also learned a lot through all that pain and difficulty. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you tell yourself if you could sort of go back to that point in time? If you'd listen, you might not listen, but... <laughs> That's so true. I was very young at the time. Um, and maybe to be a, to be a bit more patient, mm. um, you know, and maybe build some savings up or first some freelance clients up on, on the side in, in free time to make that transition a little bit, um, a little bit less harsh. Um, but also what I, what I would want to say, and that's, you know, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit off topic, but I know this is something that a lot of uh, a lot of people struggle with. In the beginning, like the first few years, I swear every time I was about to deliver a website, I looked at the website and I could name a hundred things that were wrong with it. Mm. You know, even though I put a lot of time and effort into it, it's literally taken me years to look at the work and say, I've done a good job. Mm. Um, that journey took a long time. And I know that there's so many people out there dealing with us, you know, so that's also why I want to bring it up. Because what um, somebody once said, and I can't remember who, but the more personal, the more universal. So saying that when you think like, oh, it's just me experiencing that, it might, there can be a lot of people experiencing experiencing the same thing, but not being so open about it. Oh, interesting. Um, any case, also through um, you know connecting connecting with other people, other developers, um, you know, doing code reviews together, um, connecting with people who are um, uh, say a level above me in skill, and saying the same thing to them. Right? You know, instead of doing it for me. Can we screen share and can you can you teach mm. me? And I've really had some light bulb moments. I remember um, somebody showing me advanced custom fields, you know, which of course works beautifully with Woo. And it was just like mind blown. Yeah. If it wasn't for the community, I don't know, you know, life would have been very different. And I would never have expected this to happen ever. I want to touch on the community role for a bit because that's, I think, a theme in, in many of our experiences. Uh, so you you plugged into community fairly early. Could, could you just touch on like where did that start? Like where did, was it sort of a it something that you sought out? Did it sort of find you? Like how did you first get connected into community within this like the web development world? Um, it is quite a long time back, but if I recall correctly, it was a Dibby Facebook group that kind of popped up as a recommendation, you know? Got it. Facebook yep. thinks okay. you'll like this group. 
And that was the very first start. And I mean, who could have known that, you know, now after so many years, I'm still involved in the community and, you know, taking a different role in that as well, um, volunteering for the Wu community. And so, um, yeah, which is really great because it's an opportunity for me to give back to the community a bit. When I see somebody posting in there saying, you know, I'm building my own store and I'm getting this era and, you know, I don't know what's next now. I, I, you know, I can empathize with them because I was there and I know what it feels like. So well, one more question about that. Like, I think with community, there's a lot of uh, implied and, and clear upsides, right? Like there's so, so much to it. I'm curious, more curious than anything. Are there any downsides to, to being an active member, like of a, of a community? Like, as you look back over your experience, um, not that I can recall, honestly. Um, no, I think community is a is a is a really strong thing. I haven't really, I personally haven't really had negative experiences that I can recall. Ah, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What, so, a potential downside, or no, I mean, maybe just a different thing. How how do, one of the things I've noticed with like, let's say you put a question out in a Facebook group, and you get a bunch of responses. Sometimes, sometimes you don't, but so let's say you get a bunch of responses, but it's a bunch of different responses. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. How do you deal with that? Like that's, that's an interesting challenge, right? Sometimes we just want an answer, but with community, at least in my experience, it's like, it depends and you can get a lot of different answers. How, how have you dealt with that? And as someone, if someone's coming into community for the first time, I think that's something they could expect to experience. What are your, what are your thoughts on like how to, to deal with that? Yes, I would say um, I could imagine it, it. Well, for me, it was it was confusing at first sometimes to get multiple answers. But now I realize, um, you know, there's multiple multiple roads to Rome, or what's the saying? I'm translating from Dutch now, but um, but basically, there's more, multiple ways that it can be done. Um, one point of advice I would give to others is to give as much context as possible because the better solution for you depends on your context. So also when somebody makes a recommendation and maybe they don't include enough, uh, they don't include a lot of explanation of why that was recommended for you. So that would be my next step is to ask these people, okay, that's an interesting option. I'm looking at it. So what, what specifically about this one did you like or you know, why did you think this one specifically was great for me? Um, so context is, is really is really important. You know, what else you have running, what exactly, not, not necessarily even what you are looking to do. It's not always about what you're looking to do. It's about why. And then when you dig into the why, like when I see people ask questions and I ask them about, okay, but why are you trying to achieve that? You get the full story and then it's about, but hold on. What about if you take this completely different road that you hadn't considered, that might be more effective? So that's why context is so important in asking questions. On the track of community, and in order to for people to really understand what my question is, before I ask you that, can you just tell everyone what WooCommerce Live is that you do with Jonathan, what that meetup, kind of the core of that meetup is? Ah, yes, of course. Um, so WooCommerce Live is a weekly show on Wednesday that Jonathan and I do, half an hour long, um, focused on a specific topic. Um, and we make it for um, mostly for merchants, 
um, you know, I would say, Jonathan. Um, And uh, we leave room for Q&A at the end as well, which is my favorite part, to be honest, because I get to see... You know, I get to see people's uh, people's faces that pop up on the screen, you know, and their questions are so diverse as as the community is. Um, we have guests on as well. You know, sometimes it's Jonathan and I. Sometimes we have a we have guests. You know, we've had merchants on big and small, uh, which I've really enjoyed connecting with. Um, so for anybody who hasn't seen it, you know, I would like to invite them to come and come and watch on the next uh, the next Wednesday just go to uh, woocommerce.com forward slash live for the details so my question here is this developers having dealt with them quite a bit especially more recently they don't often see the value in doing a meetup Developers think, okay, I'm going to be doing a meetup and we're, you know, we're going to get together. I mean, you see a lot of them doing it. We're going to get together. We're all going to geek out. We're going to talk about code and they kind of go into a zone and maybe there's 10 or 15 of them and they're just doing their thing. You as a developer are bringing different value out there to people through the meetup with Jonathan. So it's kind of a little bit on a different level to let developers know, yes, maybe it doesn't always have to be a developer-developer meetup. Maybe teaching and giving direction to people that are starting out, store merchants, has as much value. Is there some specifics you want to talk around that? Yeah, I would say it's, um, it can be very useful to you know, connect with the group that you don't think about right away. Like you say, you know, it, it seems like the logical thing to meet up with other developers. Um, one thing that uh, one thing that I take away from from learning learning from from merchants and from the community and the things I, I the things I hear is that then say I say I develop a website and I train the client afterwards. Um, from the meetups, I pick up things that I might find challenging that hadn't occurred to me before that I will need to give more attention or spend some more time, you know, putting it out in detail than what I otherwise would have thought. So it allows me, it allows me to approach it with more, with more empathy and being reminded of, you know, what might be a beginner or a little bit further than that. Um, because even though I was there, it was a long time ago. So that kind of keeps that that present in me that we all start somewhere and certain things that you think aren't challenging to you because you know they're automatic by now, they're still they're still to others. Thanks to our sponsor PayPal. PayPal has launched a new pay later option called Pay in Four. This means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments. This feature is one of two options from PayPal for pay later, with the other being PayPal Credit, which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments 
rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the marketplace at WooCommerce.com. Just head on over, click Marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do The Woo. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. Love that you mentioned empathy because I think like people seem to have different like inherent levels of empathy. Empathy is something though that can be acquired and, and cultivated. And at least in, in my experience so far, it's it's very it's a very valuable thing to have. Because when you spend time uh, looking like looking at a customer's perspective, there's so much, especially in this WordPress world, that it's easy to take for granted. When you've been here a long time, you're used to how things work in certain ways, and it can be very easy to just forget uh, like that you didn't know at one point. And in my experience, yeah. one of the things I love about spending time with like brand new merchants, or even like sometimes I'll, I'll just work with kids, and the the questions that they'll ask and the way that they'll go about it uh, helps me realize how much I take for granted and it cultivates that sense of empathy, which I found to be valuable. It sounds like you have as well. And it's something that I think isn't always obvious. So it can, folks will be like, oh, why would I want to spend time with merchants? Or, or this will happen too. I've noticed some developers, I only want to do it if I can get more business out of it. And Yes, that actually does happen. Yeah. It does happen. It does it does happen, but I wouldn't say it's like optimal or the best way. You know, I would, you know, I would say, I mean, over time I did get quite a bit of business through, you know, through uh, um also the WooCommerce community, the Divi communities, but it wasn't because I was pitching myself yes. to people. It was because I spent time in the and I, for example, in the Divi community, people know that I, that I do woo, right? So I would answer those questions specifically because there's less people answering those questions and, and people would notice and then approach me by themselves. So um, I think it's a more, a more organic way. It's a way I personally prefer. Um, and I do think that, that empathy in web development, well, if, I mean, if I start about empathy and web development, I can I can talk <laughs> for an hour. But um, uh, but I think when working with clients, especially when working with merchants, um, I think we should have empathy because a pet peeve of mine is um, web developers who don't have empathy and who are like, okay, the website is live. I'm done here. Here's the login details. Now have fun with your new website. And, you know, and it might be the client's very first website. They might not be um, experienced with WordPress. They might not have an idea of how to load a new product, you know. So um, I think it, I think it's very important to just, you know, familiarize the client, maybe record some videos. Um, I've been, that's what, that's what I like to do when I want is, oh, how do I quickly do this? I, you know, I use screen recording software and I, and I do a how-to video for them. And it's, you know, it takes a couple of minutes, literally, and they love it. You know, they've always said like, you know, love your, love your videos because it's clear immediately. It's very efficient. So. Yeah. I, I sometimes feel like I was born with empathy and I'm not trying to brag or anything, but what I found is when I went into coaching in WordPress, 
and consulting, that was like where I really saw the value of it. I mean, I, it just kind of, it was like inbred in me somehow, you know, I don't know if it's a gene or what it was, but I would, I would say something and I could hear this pause like, Oh, you can actually relate to this. You know, the last person that tried to do this with me was almost yelling at me because I wouldn't, I couldn't remember this part or yeah. I couldn't catch on to this. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it is, it's something you have to, especially if you're in any sense, you know, in, in this ever changing world of WordPress and WooCommerce, if you can't remember back, you know, four months ago when the version maybe didn't have that and they, you know, they, mm-hmm. they still haven't wrapped their brain around it. It is uh it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I think people, clients and stuff and, and developers, you know, if they can, you know, you get so wrapped up in that code and stuff. If you can pull out that bit and even other people trying to become developers themselves, um, patience and empathy kind of go hand in hand to me. My encouragements, we've been talking about community and, and meetups and these different types of things. If, if you're listening and those listening who like are in this space, but maybe not well connected to community yet, it's something that as I've reflected back, it's invaluable. It's work, right? Because people are, are messy and it's, it can be, you know, there's the ups and the downs of it all, but it's invaluable. And just by being curious, like if you go into a meetup or, go, or spend some time in a Facebook group and just be curious, like you'll see all sorts of things, right? And it can be easy to be frustrated. Like when you see mm-hmm. the same question over again, or, or you see a question where someone did not put a lot of context, like that can be frustrating, right? If you just, just, I encourage folks to just, just be curious about things and you can go into a meetup and you can see all sorts of stuff. And that, in my experience, at least is where that empathy can, you can grow that empathy. If you start from a place of curiosity and just listen, pay attention and think about like, okay, why, if they're asking this type of question, what are they experiencing? Cause right now, especially there's a lot more people getting into e-commerce. There's a lot of, of, it's a big yes. deal. People are, it's their livelihoods are, are connected to this oftentimes. So people can get, um, the, they can, you know, they can feel some desperation at times or some anxiousness to make progress. You can see all sorts of things, but I would, uh, it's in my experience and it sounds like yours as well, Noel and, and you, Bob, it's far more worth it than not. And it pays dividends over time as you develop that empathy and you're better able to relate to, uh, to the new things that are going to come along that you can't expect and predict, right? Like you don't know what's coming next, but if you can be curious and empathetic, you're in a good place to, to be able to navigate what does come next. So being in the space, as long as you've been working with Jonathan on WooCommerce live side by side, what gives you hope in the WooCommerce ecosystem over the next year? Hmm, That's a very good question. Um, I would say it's, it's joined by joined together by a couple of things, but, I think the fact that it's open source just makes it completely different from from other options and people people take ownership, right? Like we're all part of this, some people in a bigger way, some in a smaller way. And it's quite a powerful thing when you know that your efforts in in whatever way they may be, you know, maybe you're in a Facebook group answering questions. Um, maybe your skills are more developed and you're helping with documentation or bug fixing or anything like that. I think it's a really powerful thing. 
um, um, to contribute to something that you know that you know millions and millions and millions of stores are running on worldwide. Um, so yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, that's one of the reasons I personally enjoy using open source software so much. Yeah, there's something about momentum that you just you just don't know where it's going to go, but you can see that it's there. And for those of us who are in this space, uh, one of the things that I find fascinating is how easy it can be to kind of overlook just how much momentum's there. We don't have these big advertising budgets that some of the other platforms do, but there's this like incredibly strong sort of diverse community beneath the surface and not even so much beneath the surface anymore, where mm. it's just a lot of momentum that just continues to grow. Noel, one thing I'm curious about, so you've been in this eight years, give or take, and you're, you know, at this point, you now have plenty of work. You're doing the types of things that you enjoy doing. Where, where do you see this going? Do you see yourself like some folks will go the, do the development route and then they'll switch into like creating plugins and sort of go down the product route. Some will stay in it. Some will grow and like create a big agency. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different paths. And from where you sit right now, not knowing like what the future holds, what, what are you, what is your inclination? Where do you see this? e-commerce sort of developer career trajectory taking you um i i am hoping and i'm and i'm you know aiming aiming in the direction of you know really specializing with development you know getting deeper getting deeper into that um product development i've been i've i've thought to myself huh well maybe one day when um I take on a little bit less projects and leave a bit more time for creativity. I uh, I might just get into that. I have, you know, I have had some thoughts in the past of, oh, I wish there was something something for that. And and I'm getting to a point that, you know, I now can then develop myself, uh, um, you know, something that might be useful to others. Um, that could be interesting. Um, but the kind of projects that I most enjoy is, you know, adding like I said, adding functionality to to existing stores um, and especially, um, you know, going outside of the box, doing something completely different, you know, give me give me a challenge, give me a, a workflow, you know, you would like to see but don't know how to achieve. I love working those things out and I would love to go deeper into those kind of things. Awesome. So you see yourself just sort of continuing on this trajectory and you're going to see where it takes you. Yeah, I would say so. I'm really enjoying the ride so far. So, very cool. All righty. Well, when we have you back on, oh, let's say in 12, 16 months, we'll see how it rolled out for you. If I'm going to just give a shout out to the sponsors real quick, and then I'm going to let Jonathan wrap this up. Uh, again, WooCommerce.com. Uh, you know, we're in 5.0 RC. Get in there, test, 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 test. That's your job. That's your mission. You'll, um, I'll send you homework later on on that. And PayPal.com. Do check them out. Like I said, the PayLater options are great with the checkout plugin on the WooCommerce Marketplace, but also you'll be able to uh, put it on your client sites and let them use PayPal right on their sites instead of heading over to PayPal. So, Jonathan, why don't you wrap this up for us? Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Noel, for joining us. If folks are interested in knowing more about what you're up to, where can they learn more? Um, they can visit noelsteaks.com um, to see some of my work and find out more about me. 
And uh, thanks so much, guys, for, for having me here. I really enjoyed the conversation. It was great. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. It's, it's always great to, to hear what other folks are up to in the space. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you continue to do. And thanks for all that you've done in the community. I see you answering questions on the Facebook group. And of course, it's been fantastic working with you on WooCommerce Live. And yeah, keep up the great work. Thanks so much, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure.